0: Hey, everybody. You're watching and listening to the We Are Rising podcast. This is your host, Andrew Benjamin. I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Jay Christian Gary from Focus Fights. Well, I'm not
1: lovely. I mean, I'm about as lovely as a porcupine stuck to an ass chic. But hey, how are y'all doing? And, and in the meantime, we got our guest, Mr. Black Lion's airspace himself. Zach Shiloh, how about you? How are you doing, sir?
2: I'm doing well. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. As a matter of fact, kids, welcome to the multidimensional realm. Uh, I'm surprised that we're actually doing a collaboration episode. So in my realm, this would be probably uh, episode 328. So if, uh, for my listeners, welcome to another episode of the show. See, I stopped.
1: Either way, ladies and gentlemen, and Andrew, I'm sorry to interrupt, even though it's kind of my thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but either way, you can check out both of these shows on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, you know, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. Legally, of course. But still, the reason why these two forces are joined as one, at least for this episode, is because we're here to talk about the two blood sport events that happened over the last month or so, obviously over the last couple of weekends. And, of course, Andrew, you and I, we talked about it on our own little podcast, and obviously we went through, well, we didn't go through some of the matches. We're sorry for not doing a review, folks. I mean, not doing a preview, folks. We were just too damn busy. But still, point of the matter was, every single match that was on both of those shows was as interesting as advertised and it was damn sure entertaining for the 90 minutes both of those shows
0: provided so yeah actually that's a great way to start off christian my first question and uh zach i want to hear from you what what do you think of this that of the setup, the the, uh, the ve- I guess the venue uh, that they uh, that they had these sports, sports shows in, like this Fight Club Lucha Underground type thing. No audience, of course. What do you think of that, of that whole thing? Woo! Oh
2: man, I love every single thing about it. When I first heard about it, I said, "Excuse me, they're on an the actual secret location." All right, let's see where it is. And then lo and behold, I heard it's in California, but the actual look of it felt like Lucha Underground as I was watching it earlier today for a refresher. But when I first saw it, I really thought it really reminded me of the Bloodsport movies, like the actual fight underground feel of it. I said, yes, this is great. This is absolutely badass. I want to see what happens. So for me, if Brett Lauderdale and Josh Barnett ever listened to this, I have praised this on my own show and it's well worth praising again. That is a great setup. Please, if you do blood sport without an audience, please go back to that. I would love it absolutely. Wholeheartedly. I
0: I think there's one thing I can positively and say one percent is that we have seen a lot of pro wrestling. Not do so well with no audience, or like, you know, I guess in the case of WWE, you know, like a I don't know whatever the fuck be called what they call it the uh, sh- uh, Superdome Thunderdome thing. I think that Bloodsport was the most successful when it came to having no audience because that's you can just work with no audience for this type of wrestling. It doesn't require all the nuances and the I guess the kind of charisma that you know you would you have to get with like a Ring of Honor match or New Japan or anything like that. Would you agree? With that? Right, I agree wholeheartedly. If you're not gonna have
2: any style of audience at all, I would prefer something like that. They booked it absolutely smartly, and I could not have asked for any better.
0: And Christian, what do you think of the whole setup?
1: Um, in a way, I thought the whole setup was kind of parts unknown-ish, but when it came down to the whole execution, you know, it's exactly what you wanted a fight club to be. No ropes, no interference, no crowd, just a good old-fashioned brawl with nobody hearing you
0: scream. (laughs) Oh, exactly. I think. Exactly, exactly, and uh, we're, gonna start off, uh, we're going to start off, we're going to go start off with the main events of both shows, Bloodsport 4 and Bloodsport 5, I guess, well, technically, Josh Barn- GCW's Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 4 <laughs> and, and 5, because uh, the Matt Riddle one, I think, is supposed to be non-canon, so I've heard.
1: <laughs>
2: oh
0: my God, come on, come on, let me tell something
2: to Brett Lardadale and Josh Barnett right now, <laughs> they are actually listening. Come on, that is the very first episode of your actual brand. Don't disrespect it. Don't be like WWE. Please don't omit your own because that's pissed off a lot of people. And you should know me better, Brett Lauderdale. You know that I actually hold people accountable for things that they actually do and say. Mm-hmm. So do not, do not omit riddles uh blood sport from your own history you will cause a riot not just with me but with other fans that were actually it since day one for the last three years now so please if you actually are listening to Zachary Shackle's voice right now do not omit blood sport one the legit number one we get it Barnett he's awesome he's great but at the same point in time, Riddle did exist in your company. There is visual proof. There is visual proof, Brett. And you know me five to ten years now. Don't do that. I'm asking you one more time. Don't do that. All right, let's go. Uh,
0: them, them's fighting words, uh, Brett and uh, Josh. So take heed of, of Zach Shiloh's uh, of his warning. Do not, do Again, not ignore his... Again, please, please don't do that. I'm asking you with a please... Please don't do that. Thank you. So uh, the the main events, Bloodsport Four and Bloodsport Five, respectively. Jeff Cobb defeated Chris Dickinson by TKO, eleven minutes eight seconds. And then uh, in a one of the maybe best matches of the year, in my, my personal opinion, made the best Bloodsport match of all time. Uh, John Moxley defeated Davey Boy Smith Jr. by knockout, eleven minutes fifty one seconds. Uh, Zach. Uh, yes, sir. I know, I think there's probably a lot more to talk about with, with Mox and Davey and Boy Smith, uh, but uh, first I want to hear what your thoughts are on Cobb and Dickinson were. You know, we got two New Japan guys uh, of two respective heel factions going up against each other. Might have been also the first singles match, I think, in their career. Uh, what do you think of, the, of, of that uh, clash?
2: Oh, man, the actual match, I was looking forward to it. Uh, Dickinson, I actually have spoken many years now that he is one of my top guys and i grew up actually with him not like we known each other completely but i have the honor of saying that i first got to meet him in 2008 when he was really starting out in this uh indie promotion called jersey all pro and throughout the years he's evolved to the point where he is right now, and I couldn't be prouder. And for me, as a Dickinson fan and somebody that grew up with him, it was humbling to see him with Jeff Cobb, who has been around for an X amount of years in his own right. And the fact that Dickinson got the Russell A former uh, no, I mean, not no woman, uh, never open champion for New Japan, not only that but a former ring of honor tv champion and i believe a pro wrestling guerrilla champion that says a lot about what uh brett lauderdale and josh barnett thinks of him Mm -hmm. for every single fight that he's had even going back to riddle he's faced like anybody and everybody that's been like almost an mma legend or an actual top head in the actual wrestling industry So the actual match itself was pretty much what I hoped for and more. Now, I was kind of shocked that uh, Cobb got the win. I thought he would probably be a one-off and Dickinson would continue to go on and get uh, momentum from him. But the fact that he lost, I said, oh, wow, (laughs) Josh, oh, my God, you actually gave him a loss to Cobb? I'm not saying that it was horrible by by any means. Again, like I said to uh, Brett and Josh on my own show, I thought that uh, Dickinson would get the win, but for all it's worth, they're showing that from day one, even going back to Riddle, that he's somebody that should be respected. And for that, I could not have asked for anything better than him fighting Jeff Cobb, and even in loss, Dickinson took it like a man, and I was looking forward to his next fight.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Christian, your thoughts on uh, Cobb and Dickinson? Oop, we oh, we may have lost Christian. Uh, we'll we'll wait for him, but in the meantime, uh, we got to talk about the big uh, uh, the big main that happened. Oh, Christian, uh, your thoughts on Cobb Dickinson? I thought the Cobb Dickinson match was.
1: Fun to watch. Not exactly as fun as it was seeing Baby Boy Smith Jr. versus John Moxley, but still, it was fun to watch, especially considering the fact that obviously those two guys, John, I mean, Dirty Daddy Chris Dickinson and Mr. Athletic Jeff Cobb, never fought each other before. And, you know, if the opportunity presents itself, perhaps outside of new Japan pro wrestling, maybe they'll get a chance to wrestle each other again, but I mean, hell they probably might even wrestle each other again in new Japan pro wrestling. But the point is it was just fun to watch because it just meshed two different styles. Obviously both, both men are powerhouses, but you know, Cobb was more technical. Dickinson was more of a badass, but still, it just meshed two styles against each other. And it was just fun to watch. You know, it was fun to just see these two face off against each other for the first time. Same goes for John Moxley versus Davy Boy Smith Jr., which was a hell of a host battle,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but obviously a mm-hmm. host battle that Moxley dominated
0: oh, absolutely. up until the end. And also, yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, you know, a literal blood sport because we did see Moxley uh, bleed. <laughs> we got to see, uh, we got to see some blood from Moxley. Um, and uh, yeah, this was like, I think, I think overall five, uh, I think was the best show since the uh, Blood Sport show that we went to Zach, uh, that we didn't uh, in New Jersey uh, for uh, that WrestleMania weekend. Uh, ah, in my personal. Okay. Opinion. I could kind of agree with that, uh, but I think these two—they—they—they they, they, they get it. They got Boxley and 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 Davy Boy Smith got get what blood sports about, get what shoot fighting is about. That whole thing. I think. Oh, this. I thought this match was fantastic. This is definitely. You know, if you ever listen to Voices of Wrestling, a notebook match. I definitely consider this a notebook. <laughs> match. What do you think of of Moxley, Davy Boy Smith, Zach?
2: Oh, Moxley versus Davy Boy Smith. Kids out there, if you are my listeners, please watch this. I've asked you this on my own show. Please support Bloodsport. It is the best professional wrestling on the planet, hands down. And the fact that uh, Brett Lauderdale and Josh Barnett somehow, some way, were able to secure these two guys who were very misused by the Empire, known as WWE, that says a lot about these two guys. John Moxley has always been a street fighter, and I've followed him since uh, 2009. He's always been that way, and now the last two years has shown how he's evolved as a general human being and a wrestler. And they've said it time and again whenever he's appeared for GCW that this is not the same John Moxley that. We get on aew every single week this is more of the john moxley that was the czw uh ipw and fip heavyweight champion at the same time but with a more seasoned look to him he, this is the real mox whereas aew's uh mox is more of uh, dean ambrose from wwe and his attire. I actually uh, talked about this on my show. I said that uh, Mox's attire reminded me of him in 2010. So he actually had a rivalry with uh, Nick Gage and Robert Anthony. I forgot what Robert Anthony's name was at the time, but now I looked it up. It was a, actually uh, from the Tangle Web 3 was a rematch for the CZW World Championship. Nick Gage was the champion. um, When it comes down
1: to Robert Anthony, I think you mean egotistical, fantastico.
2: I was just about to say that. Thank you very much, Christian. All right. So uh, in 2010, Mox lost the belt to uh, Nick Gage at Home Sweet Home. I believe that was the name of the – no, Southern Violence. Southern Violence, I believe, was the name of the show. The next night or month was uh, Tangle Web 3, and Mox came out in nothing but shorts in uh, shoes and fought Egotastico thank you again Christian I appreciate the help I kind of farted All right. Uh, <clears throat> and Gage for the belt he wound up beating both of them to regain the title and when I saw Max in present day I said oh my god he's channeling his early street dog days this is great <laughs> this is absolutely awesome so the actual match itself was back and forth, back and forth. But like I, like, not what I said, excuse me. Like Christian said, it felt more uh, one-sided with uh, Mox dominating. Davy Boy did get plenty of good licks in, but in the end, it was Mox coming out with the victory, and I thought that would probably be the case since that was uh, him being more lent, and they want to promote him as somebody that okay kids we're going to spoil uh the main event for uh number six coming up in two not even two months time all right so the main event of <clears throat> blood sports six has been nearly two years in the making it is now confirmed and hopefully if things stay together and i'm praying i was I'm gonna say hard. put an
0: asterisk next to that because we've already tried this a few times and if something happens again like i don't even know like it's just don't even try again because there's this match is cursed so like yeah just put a little asterisk yeah, exactly next to
2: that. <laughs> exactly all right so we've tried this for nearly two years so john moxley has been away from the empire about that a long time And every single time that there was a blood sport going back to September 2019, we've tried to get Mox versus Josh Barnett. Sad to say, in uh, 2019, Mox had a staph infection, so he could not do it then. Then in 2020, uh, circa April, the coronavirus was already in full effect. Then... Mm -hmm. In 2020, when we finally did get The Collective, sadly to say, Josh was booked for a different show. So this is... Not only a
1: different show, but a different discipline altogether. He was Bare Knuckle Box
2: and Karl Beddorf in Poland. Right? So now mm-hmm. they've made the announcement, kids. We are getting Mox versus Barnett on April 8th. So I believe going in that Mox is undefeated. They needed to hype that match up a little bit more. That's why Davey Boy took the loss. I'm not questioning it. I'm not doubting it. And plus, you wanted to build a bigger fire for this long-awaited match. And if you watch the end of the actual pay-per-view, they did tease it. That Mox is a street fighter. That he wants... Nothing but the absolute best. And Barnett came out and he said it. I'm going to give it to you. And when I saw that actual clip, I was losing my junk. I said, excuse me, we're getting this finally. Oh, heaven, please, please do not let this go to waste. <laughs> please don't. Mm-hmm. No
0: matter what happens, please don't let it go to waste. I want it to happen so bad it's- <laughs> Way open. Same here. It is like, you know, I don't know, you know, we, Moxley's family's going to be, well, I should say Renee Young, his wife's going to be having a child soon. Uh, uh-huh. And so, like, it sounds like he's kind of doing like all these big matches, big dangerous matches, kind of like pr- like preceding like some sort of like sabbatical or something before, like, you know. He- Basically what Andrew is saying is John wants to get all
1: the crazy shit out the way before he becomes a dad. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> so you know that's why he's got that the electrical barbed wire match in AEW. He just had the match with Kenta. He's got this match coming up with Josh Barnett. So he's and he seems to be wanting to do all these big matches before the eventual chi- uh, his child is born. So and I, I don't blame you. want to get all the listen. You want to you want to go out big you know, and then he's going to probably go on a break for, I don't know, h- however m- many months, you know, come back, you know, which I think is great. You know, it's great, you know, it's always great to see a wrestler go away for a bit and then come back because then you're more excited to see them than if you've seen them like every week or whatever. Which um, uh, just hope that this match go, I don't know, like I'm, I'm worried because, you know, in MMA circles, this is almost like the Khabib, Tony Ferguson match, which has been t- booked, tried to be booked since 2012 and is now basically a dead match because of Khabib retiring and Tony going on a loss. But let's hope, I just hope, I hope there's no, like, hurricane in April in Florida. I hope there's no, there's nothing. Like, uh, the building it's collapse. There's not be any hurricanes
1: in April, dude. All okay. I'm just hoping for is that Florida don't
0: turn into fucking Super spreader Central. I hope not. I mean, that's, what, that's what he means. Yeah, that. that's what he means. <laughs> or, you, or, you know, like, just like... yeah there's there's some like um like some force of god that that prevents this match happen. or you know god forbid the match the match is about to happen and like i don't know josh barnett twists his knee or something like coming into the ring and like tears his acl and like the match can't happen for whatever reason i don't <laughs> i'm just worried Did for john moxley same thing yeah i just hope that like i really want to see this match i'm with you zach this match is, is years in the making i hope it finally happens um, and actually, before we move on to the next match, Zach, I want to ask, what do you think about the promotion of this by releasing all the matches for Night 4, uh, Bloodsport 4, but none of the matches for 5 until after this show had happened?
2: I think it was smart booking. You didn't want to kind of spoil uh, what was going to happen. So there was other matches on this show, kids, kind of like, um, what's this sweetheart's name? Uh, Nolan Edwards uh, versus uh, Calajac. Unbeknownst to us, we had no clue that he would be facing somebody that was in the semi-main event in number five. I had no clue. I had, like I said, I've spoken to Brett Lauderdale several times throughout the years. But he didn't tell me anything about these cards at all. And I am a former sponsor of GCW. For their, uh, <clears throat> what's this crazy thing called? Uh, Fight Forever. But Brett, even in negotiations with me for uh, <clears throat> what I wanted to sponsor, he never even said that there would be Blood Sport four and five, let alone six, all happening between this month and actual Mania weekend. So for me, that was very, very smart booking. And Brett, if you truly are listening to this, pal, this is me actually giving you kudos, not giving you hell. This is absolute kudos. Oh, man. So, kids, on this show, uh, Nolan faced uh Cal Jack, meaning number four. He would go on to face Calvin Tankman on number five. Mm. That Those matches solidified the kids should be there, but I was saying this on my own show, that <clears throat> number four, oh, my God, it channeled Jersey All-Pro, the early days of Jersey All-Pro, where the hit squad, Steve Mott, Steve Monster Mac and Dan Moff were beating the snot out of uh, little kids who were coming up, and they would throw them into walls. When poor little Nolan North, or excuse me, Edwards, Edwards, I'm getting him confused with a voice actor by the name of Noah North, who's actually <laughs> okay. done the voices of uh, Deadpool and Superman respectively. Alright, so Edwards gets thrown into a wall and I said, you're channeling the head squad right now, but why is T-Mac not on this show? <laughs> why is not on this show? Probably because he would be too damn
1: dangerous, even for Bloodsport. sport. <laughs> That's a high possibility, but,
2: but I've I actually. Get advocated what you mean for this.
1: though, Nolan Edwards got knocked the fuck out when he got <laughs> tossed into that brick wall.
2: Yeah, when I actually watched it earlier today, I was laughing very hard. I said, Oh no, this is horrible. This is horrible. You literally threw this kid into the wall, and then I had to channel my inner uh. Cartman from South Park. You kill Kenny, you bastards. You kill Kenny. Except that this Kenny got back up like he was Jesus Christ.
1: I mean, and- if anything, if anything, like New York-based Haitian, I mean, like New York-based Haitian YouTuber Chiseled the would say, Nolan Edwards wasn't dead, but in a way,
0: he was still getting fucked. Ha 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 ha! <laughs> no. What's that oh. you you know, since we already brought We're, we're already on topic, let's we'll just talk about those Yeah, like you say, Calvin Tankman and Kyle Jack Both knocked out uh, TKO'd uh, Nolan Edwards I know that Nolan Edwards is, is Is he considered a prospect on the pro wrestling scene Zach? Is that, is that kind of where he is Right now? Because I know he's very young He's like 22 or something
2: From what I heard, he's been wrestling like about uh, three or four years now because they said that he was fresh out of high school when he really started his career. So my guess is he's like three to four years in. So when I heard this, I said, oh, wow. I I said this on my own show. I said, oh, my God, he's fresh out of high school. He's only like 18 or 19. God bless him. He must have done something to really impress uh, Brett and Josh to get on this show. And but then it, I watched it earlier today, and I said he's only twenty-two. Okay. Isn't, isn't it also me...
0: funny how he fights the two biggest men on both nights? Calvin Tankman, well, probably the widest guy, and then Carl Jack, the tallest guy, and he gets uh-huh. that had to be there had to be a reason for that. listen, it's, it's, it's not listen. They could have had him against Alex Coughlin or whoever, but they said put that, him in Carl Jack or and common Tankman, and he proceeds to get his ass beat by both, like almost no offense. So this – I don't know. Was it – is he – where – what do you think was the reasoning behind just putting him – was it just because of, his, of the size discrepancy, kind of like a big guy, small guy type thing? You think that was why they did that?
2: I think that maybe they were trying to actually build this guy up as somebody that would take on all comers, no matter what size. Like uh, when he fought on Tankman, he tried to actually go for a German suplex to the outside. And I thought, oh, my God, you're trying to actually show how badass he is right now after knocking him the fuck out the week out out the week earlier. Come on, Brian Josh. That is crazy. Nobody's going to take that seriously. I
1: mean, maybe they would. probably thinking that this man was a young Joe Doring, and somebody said, come on, motherfucker, show me power. <laughs> yeah.
2: But but I saw him kind of like a, I don't know how familiar you are with the ECW, but uh, there was I'm a gentleman. That, I'm pretty sure Andrew is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Andy's very familiar. I saw him not as that. All right, so uh, there's this gentleman whose uh, name is Mikey Webber. Mikey oh, Webber. I
0: thought that, see, I was, I'm so sorry to interrupt Zach, but I was watching, That's okay. I was thinking like Nolan Edward reminds me of a Mikey Whipereck, better wrestler though. Here's the thing. Mikey Whipwreck was never the best wrestler and by probably by his own mission. But the fact was that he was just natu- a like a, like a, a naturally small baby face type guy. I see that in Nolan Edward. I very much see that in Nolan Edward. Better wrestler though. Um, no one Edward, I mean, but yeah, I said the exact same thing. I'm watching him, like this guy reminds you of Mike Whippreck, where if he gets his ass kicked, you just get behind yeah. him. <laughs> Sorry, go just go ahead, finish your thoughts.
2: Yeah, exactly. So I was looking at these two matches back to back, and I said, They're trying to tell a story with this guy. And it sounds like to me that to some degrees or another, he's gonna be blood sports version of uh Mikey Whipbreak, where he's getting his his little behind kick. Every single match that he has, but in the end, people will respect him because he's overcome all these obstacles and rose up from the ashes. So, um, I mean, come to think
1: of it in a way, I would probably see Nolan Edwards as like this generation's Colin Delaney. If you were, oh, that's another good comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see Because if y'all remember, when when WWE had their own little version of ECW, it sucked oh, Jesus. by the way. Yeah, don't <laughs> even get me fucking started. But when they had their own little version, when the Big Fat and Stanford had their own little version of ECW, they had this guy named Colin Delaney who obviously is now an independent wrestling darling, but when he was in the WWE, he would just take loss after loss after loss until he beat up Umaga's former manager, I mean, Armando... Armando
2: Estrada.
1: Yeah, Armando Alejandro Estrada. (laughs) And then that led to a little feud between those two. But still... (laughs) I think that Nolan Edwards, in a way, is like Colin Delaney because he'll just keep getting that, he'll just keep taking that ass whooping, but he'll keep fighting, keep climbing up the ranks, you
0: know? Mm -hmm. So is it unanimous that, you know, bring back Nolan Edwards for another Budsport show? I've
2: advocated for this on my own show that if he was to come back, say, in uh, April, He should be facing one Alex Coughlin. Mm. Either him him or Ren Narita. Oh, that could be another good one if we actually can get Ren. I wouldn't be surprised if they did.
0: Oh, that's a great, yeah. Um, I mean, it, 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 but in terms of both matches, college uh, these two respective matches, I don't know. It's very hard to say whether they're good or not. I think, cause like I, I think they were more showcase matches rather than a match that was supposed to be like judged on an artistic way. If that makes sense, it felt like more like this. This had a this has a future point to it. If that makes sense,
2: that makes absolute sense to me. Like I didn't expect him to win mm, at all. No. Not. Not either match, especially uh, Calvin Tankman, because Tankman uh, wound up losing to Davy Boy. I could see Tankman wanting to beat the living hell out of somebody, and uh, Josh and uh, Brett decided, okay, this monster needs somebody to be uh, fed to. Little Nolan is the choice,
0: <laughs> or no? Mm-hmm. Actually, since we're on topic, uh, let's uh, talk about the respective co main events of four and five. Uh, uh, the uh, co main event of four, uh, like you said, uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr. defeated Calvin Tankman, 430. And then Jeff Cobb on uh, number five, uh, defeating uh, Tom Waller, filthy Tom Waller, 733. Um, it's actually funny. I, I thought that Davy Boy and Calvin would have fought in MLW by now, but apparently they've never have fought in MLW.
1: No, they didn't. Obviously, Davey Boy and Tom Lawler wrestled each other in MLW. Oh
0: yes, Uh, Mm -hmm. but just funny that the that the two never have. And yeah, it's you know. uh, So we we, so uh, Zach, in a way, Andrew,
1: the reason why Davey Boy Smith versus Calvin Tankman never happened in MLW is because obviously, Davey Boy was on his way out after this past year's Opera Cup, Mm -hmm. and Calvin Tankman was on his way in. Obviously, I interviewed him before that, and he was really excited about joining MLW, but I didn't know that, you know, he would eventually move on to Greater Heights without facing somebody like Davey Boy Smith Jr., hopefully. And, you know, this is an early prediction. Hopefully, before Davey Boy goes back to the Big Fed in Stanford, we can get that match at a Bloodsport show.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You think Davey's going back to uh, the Empire? When? Unfortunately, that's what the dirt sheets say. Ah! Oh, Jesus Christ, help us all if that is absolutely the case. Uh, But my surrogate father, he would probably be happy for Davey Boy because he actually watches WWE faithfully. Mm -hmm. So, if Davey Boy is truly going back to the big fed, God bless him for what he did do for us and. I couldn't have asked for any better, but I wish him the best. And WWE, if you're ever listening to this, do not screw Davy Boy.
1: Uh, so not- exactly. Especially considering the fact that this is the same. I mean, this is a different Davy Boy Smith Jr. than what we've seen 10 years ago. This man has evolved in catch wrestling, has evolved in MMA training. This dude has... I mean, I'm sure, Andrew, you can vouch for this because I sent you the damn footage. He
0: wants to (laughs) do a professional wrestling match in a fucking MMA cage. Yeah, that was a very uh, interesting... uh, That was a very... I'll say a very interesting uh, way to show... uh, To do a pro wrestling match. I'll say that. (laughs) Yeah, but still, point of
1: the matter is Davey Boy Smith has evolved a hell of a lot since his days in the Big Fed and Stanford the first time. Mm. I just think that they... I just hope that the WWE, if they do get him back, utilizes the best of his talents because if not, and he ends up feeling complacent and disrespected, you know, that's going to be one fuck up that will probably bite them in the ass for
0: the longest amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Absolutely. Zach, what do you think of these respective co-main events, Cobb Lawler and uh, Davy Boy and Calvin Tankman?
2: Okay, let's address this Tom uh, Lawler business right here, right now. Mm-hmm. He's got one of the funniest entrances in all of pro wrestling. I, I'm sorry, Filthy Tom, if you're ever listening to this. But the fact that this dude comes out to stand tall by "New Kids on the Block" makes me laugh I think every I was still single time.
1: Hanging tough by "New,
2: New Kids, Kids on, on the, the Block." block. Mm-hmm. Either which way, he's coming out the "New Kids on the Block" and he's doing the the gangsta hippie thing. I'm laughing my behind off every single time. I'm sorry, Filthy Tom, but I love you. The pieces, you're a great fighter. But please come out to something else. <laughs> please
0: come out. It's so funny. It's a, <laughs> but, it's a just position yeah, because you see, you know, if you watch New Japan Strong, he's a serious, you know, leader of the filthy faction, you know. And what? He, uh, he's, a, he's a New Japan. New Japan Strong. Yeah, he's a, he's a leader of the uh, filthy faction. And yeah, he's a, he's all serious. He's all business. And then, you know, he's here's the funny thing. He still wrestles in the, uh, I guess, what do you call it? DZ Dukes or whatever. Uh, Daisy Dukes, yeah, Daisy Dukes. You know, (laughs) so it's a very, you know, it's. Remember, remember for a while, he was doing the uh, the parody UFC sponsors thing, like uh, OnlyFans or whatever the uh, the erection, the ED cream thing or something. Uh, so yeah,
1: the, the PED cream that he got banned from the UFC for. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> he also had, had pampers on his ass too. So yeah, <laughs> he, he's still doing, he's still, you know, even though like it's, I don't know. I think it's gotta be deliberate that he does this whole jokey, you know, Oh, I'm going to come out to a, uh, uh, a really dumb, well, I shouldn't say dumb, but a pop, a pop song, and you know, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, wear the day to Duke, and then when the bell rings, it's like all seriousness. I think that's gotta be a deliberate, that's gotta be deliberate on his choice at this point. This, it's, yes, it's, it is. Yes, it
2: well, is. You don't call I mean, yourself Filthy Tom for no reason. Mm-hmm. You don't I mean, call yeah,
1: yourself Like you said, when you call yourself Filthy Tom, you do some strange shit, but he's doing all this now in a way because he knows that when he goes to the PFL later this year, perhaps within the next 90 days, it's going to be all business.
0: Oh, yeah. He's like the busiest man in pro wrestling and in MMA now. You know, he's doing he's doing the uh, pro wrestling like everywhere. Um, and then, yeah, he's got the PFL tournament coming up. So he might be fight He might be booked for an entire year uh, to fight in MMA, which means that he may not be able to do any more pro wrestling uh, unless he loses uh, the, um, that tournament. So it's a very, you know, he's a, he's a busy, busy, busy man, and still, you know, he's still at a. Oh, actually, here's another thing as well. I would like to point out. I love that they had these these pre-match vi- video vignettes. Uh, you know, giving bios on the uh, fighters and then their uh tail the tapes where they train or what faction they're with, height, weight, all that good shit. I thought that was really really cool that they did, and it was for every fighter. Um, I don't think they've ever done that for Bloodsport before. I think that was the first the first time they've done this. So yeah, I got we that was that was great you know because it said on a tom waller's thing syndicate mma or whatever um MMA, <laughs> group, mma group he was with so i thought that was cool but um, um just going back to the match um uh cobb law i thought that match was awesome i think i think these two gelled so well i don't know if they had a match in new japan yet but i would i would very much love to see these two go at it again what do you think zach
2: Well, I'm not quite so familiar with New Japan as I used to be. On the road to uh, Russell Kingdom, I just tapped out. I was done with them uh, rebooting their storyline from last year. So I have not watched Strong at all. I'm not really keen to it except for uh, Kenta's rise to the uh, U.S. Championship. So, I had no clue that Dickinson or J.R. Kratos and uh, Tom Lawler and a whole bunch of others were actually here in America for New Japan. But uh, the actual match itself with him and uh, what's the sweetheart's name again? I'm sorry.
1: Uh, Andrew, do you got a name? Uh, Lawler and Jeff Cobb.
2: There we go Lawler and Cobb. All right. <clears throat> so, the actual match itself. I loved it. It was truly back and forth. They made Jeff Cobb look like the monster that he's always been. Now, I thought that Cobb overall in GCW was possibly just a lint. And I thought he would probably just come in, put the guys over, and that would be the end of that. But the fact that he's won practically almost every single—all of his matches thus far— I think he's not just on um, borrow. He's like there to help build the brand
0: mm-hmm.
2: overall. Oh, yeah. So, the actual match, I really thought that Cobb, if he was going to win, he probably would have not got like a submission win, but I, I'm shocked. Mm-hmm. I am really shocked because he's more known to be a powerhouse than an actual submission style fighter. Whereas, Filthy Tom, He's more known as a, not a powerhouse. He's the submission style fighter. So it's a very interesting uh, reverse of dynamics. So I would recommend that to any and everybody that would be within our voices right now. Please check it out because it was truly something to behold.
0: And uh, Christian, what do you think of uh, Cobb and Christian, wake up! <laughs> oh fuck! My apologies.
1: My apologies. I'm I'm kind of dozing off a bit, but still, what was my <laughs> apologies about? Lawler versus Cobb?
2: Yes.
0: Yes. It was a hard hitting battle, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I, I just mm-hmm. you know, I want to say that you know uh, quickly about David Boyce and Calvin Tankman. I you know I th- I think that Calvin Tankman. Is a very I really you know, if presuming if David Boyd Smith Jr. uh goes to the Empire, you know, I would say you can maybe put Calvin Tankman as in as a big guy, as one of the big guys of Blood Sports uh going forward. Uh,
2: Tank- oh yes. I've been saying that since uh, October. I've not really watched any of Tankman's stuff until he arrived in Bloodsport. I wound up finding him on a For the Culture and some of these other stuff that happened in October, then followed him a smidge after. And I've always been attracted. Now, whenever I hear the song Hail Mary by Tupac, I always think of him. And when he actually came out to that song again to fight little Nolan Edwards, I thought, oh, you're dead. <laughs> you are dead. You are not winning this match because the tank man is on the way to
0: kill your ass right now.
2: Oh man.
1: Exactly. I mean, just to think, we've gone from being scared of Tupac's Hail Mary to actually being excited after hearing Tupac's Hail Mary just because of the fact that Calvin Tankman, ever since the For the Culture show has really came into his own as being one of the top names in professional wrestling, especially among the African-American community, which, of course, Zachary, you and I both know that.
2: Right on. (laughs) mm
1: -hmm. But still, the point of the matter is, Calvin Tankman has also become a beast, so much so that MLW got him when they... Basically when they realized he was a hot commodity because who the hell would have wanted to see him in Impact or AEW or even, unfortunately,
2: the big fan in Stanford? (laughs) If he ever went to the Empire, I would probably be in awe that they want him. If he had to go to a non-New Japan or Ring of Honor style uh, company, I would say, Oh God, it, it makes me absolutely laugh to say these words. Go to Impact. Make him the X-Division champion. Let him hold that belt for like six months to a year. Legit. If Impact is listening to Zachary Shagel's voice right now, make him your X-Division champion. Let him build that division. Legit. Then give him a shot at that World's Heavyweight Championship and let him go on with it. I like that idea.
1: They would basically, I mean, if Impact were to signed Calvin Tankman instead of MLW, they would have made him like the black version of
2: Samoa Joe or what Willie Mack is supposed to be now. Then damn, damn sure would be worth it. And they would get my eyes to go back to start watching their product even more. Now, let's address uh, Tankman and GCW. So far, they've made him look like a monster. I love it, absolutely. Now he's entered into the uh, what uh, I believe is their maybe third edition of the Acid Cup. I'm asking Brett and Josh. Acid Cup, the late Trent Acid Cup. Yep. Please, Brett and Josh, if you're listening to this, please let Tankman win. I know you do not have a secondary. World championship or second style champion championship yet. Secondary mid card titles. Thank you. Please, please, if you are going to start setting up a secondary championship because Ricky Shane Page is the world's heavyweight champion, and I don't think you want uh, the monster on his case yet. You want to build him up properly? Please let him win the acid cup next month. In April, please, please let them win it and build them up from that point forward strongly. And this goes beyond just uh, what's this thing called, the ASIC. This is beyond blood sport. You need a viable, a serious threat to Shane that's not named Nick motherfucking Gage. <laughs> you need a legit threat. And one that's non-Caucasian. And we'll touch upon a certain non-Caucasian match that the Empire has actually announced. I will get to my thoughts on that when this review is all said and done. Because I'm going to make an emphasis for something else regarding that.
0: So well, actually, what else but continue? GCW. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Zach, you want to continue?
2: Uh, I'll get to that after we're done. Oh, okay, reviewing gotcha. this. Action.
0: No problem. No problem. So let us continue, uh, with, uh, uh, next match on buttsport four and five, uh, on four, Tom Waller defeated Simon Grimm by TKO seven 18. Uh, I think this is the third match they, that these two have had in some capacity. Um, and, uh, Simon Grimm has lost every match that they've had. Uh, and, uh, oh, on number five, uh, Chris Dickinson defeated J.R. Kratos, 647, uh, the two two members of the Filthy Faction. So we had a two members of <laughs> the Faction going up against each other. Um, yeah, so Zach, tell me what you thought of these two respective matches, Dickinson versus Kratos and Lawler versus Simon Grimm.
2: Like I said, with the Chris Dickinson's rise since number one, the legit number one in Bloodsport history. They have given him practically everybody that I thought he should be facing from actual MMA legends to actual top names in the industry that's not wrestling for the Empire or Ring of Honor or even New Japan. J.R. Kratos, kids, is an NWA tag team champion right now. So the win over him for me Shows that Dickinson should be in a title contention anyway, especially in the NWA right now. All he needs is the right partner. So I don't know what's going on with uh him and Jaka from the Doom Patrol, who were mm-hmm. also members of uh Team Pazuzu with Pinky Sanchez and uh the now Proud and Powerful or former LAX slash EY FBO. But that win, and they kept on bringing this up, that somewhat they are in bed with other companies, especially New Japan. Dickinson now needs to be a contender to some form of championship. Mm -hmm. I will say that again. He needs to be a contender because he's beaten the champion on your Mm brand. So please, because... GCW doesn't have tag team champions. They have tag champions, but they're down in Mexico. And those belts haven't been really seen outside of Mexico, except for once in Japan for the Japanese tour. We need to start building serious contenders for championships. And if you're going to rebrand a tag team division, please have Dickinson. He has to be a tag team as your number one guy, then. And now uh, the other match that happened: uh, Filthy Time <laughs> versus who again? I'm sorry, my brain's farting. Grim. Oh, okay. The clash of the actual former Filthy Team Filthy members in MLW. I loved the match. It was absolutely good, but. I keep on saying this on my own show. Simon Graham needs to start getting some wins.
0: Damn it. He needs to start hey, getting some wins. I think he's only won once in Bloodsport altogether. And he's. Yes. Uh, and he's only Yes.
2: They said that on commentary. He's like, before he fought uh, Filthy Tom, if that was uh, number four, he's only had like about five matches. He lost one. Uh, he won one. And then ever since
0: then, three. it's been. Like, is he the? Is it fair to call him the bloodsport resident? I, I hate to use the term. Is he the resident jobber for bloodsports at this point? Do you think?
2: <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but possibly yes. <laughs> I really?
1: Do. Um, are you sure about that? Because country unit could come at any second to kidnap your ass. Absolutely. Oh, they
2: kidnap people all the time,
0: so there's nothing new to me. Well, uh, if, if you only take me away from
2: some of my biggest problems that I have in my own life. So, if uh, my
0: video goes goes dark, then you know what happened. Um but it, yeah. It's <laughs> it, it just very odd because you know we'll talk about his match with Rocky Romero uh, shortly, but it, it, the way Yeah, but still, Andrew,
1: I don't think Simon Grimm is anywhere close to a job he's just being He's just being given the short end of the stick against some of these guys, don't
0: you think? It, it, I mean, it's just a very odd, like, especially, you know, with against Rocky Romero, you know, uh, we'll, and I'll, I'll spoil it for now, when, but we'll talk more in depth when the match comes up. He did lose to Rocky Romero. That's a very odd, like, Rocky Romero is, is not so much a pro. Is not a full-time pro wrestler anymore as he, I think he's more doing booking stuff and office stuff for the New Japan USA thing. So to have him. Well, he he started off in MMA, he wasn't a full-time mixed martial artist either. That's true, but it's just it just seems very, you know, I, I don't know if, if, if whenever someone's losing this much, I wonder, I question what is the reason why, and so I'm starting to think, you know, is this because is he just going to be there as kind of like the gatekeeper in uh, uh, Bloodsport? I think
2: possibly so, but he is a member of Contra Union in MLW, so it's kind of a thing of respect i gotta believe to some degrees or another that he's even still on this actual brand Mm -hmm. he's always put on one of the best fights on the show in my point of view like uh andy when we actually went to uh april's blood sport in 2019 I was in awe of him fighting uh,
0: whoever he was, legit fighting at that point in time. It was it was Jr. Kratos. I remember that match because it ended. Oh up, yeah, with the uh, J. the jumping elbow yeah. knockout, and it, I remember just screaming when I saw that because it was an awesome knockout. Um, yeah,
2: man. And, uh, 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 but sorry, go ahead. go ahead. And this is somebody, and this is somebody that the Empire has screwed over time again too, like the VOD villains. Spoilers, kids, if you actually uh, do not know anything from NXT. Uh, The VOD villains, they were tag team champions for a long while. And they were one of the best tag teams in WWE overall. But for some odd reason, WWE let Grimm go. And then poor Aiden English. (laughs) I didn't think of him until uh, I saw Grimm today. Uh, Poor Aiden English, he would amount to nothing but... uh, Rusev's Naki and introduce it, and then he eventually got let go. So I'm wondering what is gonna eventually happen. Are those two gonna reunite under Contra or something else or what? But as far as <laughs> I can,
0: I might, I might be able to actually I answer think that.
1: English is gonna be, you know, joining Contra unit anytime soon. He's two. He's too busy doing Twitch streams, talking about bourbon, and
0: living. <laughs> oh name. no! And, and
1: oh, no, living off of his wife's family's name.
0: <laughs> also, oh. also, he's trying to become a full-time actor. I can tell you that uh, he's trying to get into the acting business. So I don't, th- I think, is, uh, oh
1: I think you. he's
0: done with pro wrestling. I really do think that I think you no, know, so no reunion, no tag team reunion or anything like that. As far as I, as
2: far as I um, but, but anyways, uh, back to the actual match itself. Uh, he did the best that he could and, I question the booking decision to have him lose, but as long as he looks strong, that's what matters to me. And I couldn't ask for anything
0: better. And I think we can all agree that like J.R. Kratos is, is maybe one of the assets of Blood Sport. Uh, the match for Chris Dickinson is was awesome. And I think J.R. Kratos just he gets he's a great pro wrestler and he's a great shoot uh, shoot fighting uh, style pro wrestler. Uh, Oh, yes.
2: I agree wholeheartedly. I never questioned uh, J.R. Kratos at all. Like, he's absolutely a monster. I think somebody, uh, I think my surrogate dad thought he was kind of like a Batista, but in a better form. And I looked at him and I said,
0: "Mm,
2: I don't see the Batista in him quite so much. I see him more as himself. He's doing what he's got to do against the likes of the Dickinsons, the Grims, and whoever else. Oh, even the Davy Boys. He's done the best he could with them. And he's always came out looking like a million dollars, regardless of if he won or lost. So I could Mm -hmm. see J.R. Kratos being somebody to build around that brand for the next years to come. Completely. The actual match that he had made me pop with him and Dickinson Mm -hmm. going back and forth. Like they truly knew each other inside and out. And the fact that I'm learning about this uh, filthy Tom group from New Japan, (laughs) I'm like, what? He's leading these two monsters, this is great stuff. Mm -hmm. Now they just need to actually get together as a tag team for uh, those tag team championships but only god knows
0: when uh, the Gorillas of destiny will put them up if they truly do. Mm-hmm. Uh Chris, mm-hmm. Christian, your thoughts on these two matches, especially as you know you're, you're an MLW fan, uh the uh a uh, another match between uh Lawler and Grimm and uh and and the first time match between Dickinson and Kratos. You know what? I really think that Considering that
1: Simon Grimm is on a bit of a losing streak against Tom Lawler, that he would have had the upper hand. But, again, Lawler was just too much for him. I mean, but then again, those two can always resettle their differences in MLW as members of their respective factions. Obviously, Lawler being the leader of Team Filthy up until he leaves for, P- for the PFL, and Grim being a part of country unit for who knows how long we don't know but still that was a fun match I was hoping that MLW would do something like that down the line but again who knows as for the Dickinson Kratos match were they competing against each other yep yep they were oh yeah that was hard hitting to the fullest Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. that was hard hitting to the fullest. Those two were just going at it like. I mean, I know y'all probably don't remember Oliver McCall, but they were going at it like yeah, yeah.
2: I remember him. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh yeah, when he was crying in the ring against Lennox Lewis. (laughs) (laughs) I just had to bring that up, but the point Mm -hmm. I'm trying to make is. Kratos and Dickinson went at it like two atomic bulls in top like two atomic bulls in a china shop. <laughs> mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they both get it. They both get what what uh what blood sports about, what to do, uh and all and all that great stuff. It's it's, it's you know they really. I know I will never forget the first. Hold on,
2: fellas, I gotta uh go to the side for. Minute,
0: no, 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 keep no, no, no. going. Yeah, I was gonna say that you know, when we first, when first I saw Kratos at the Bloodsport show that was at WrestleMania weekend, New Jersey, a few years ago, and he had the match with Simon Grimm. You know, this guy he rarely ever wrestled on the East Coast, he was a West Coast guy, uh, and knew nothing about it. We? Yeah, we did, and you know, this, you know, he was really excited about his Bloodsport debut. Uh, and he was, you know, I, I, I just expected a, a, a mobile big man to wrestle and he was gonna get tired and all that stuff but no he's really has shown like and especially since then you know he's wrestled in all japan now he wrestles in new japan he's shown that he's not just a big guy a a generic big guy wrestler he is truly a great wrestler who is good at all facets of professional wrestling and yeah i'm really glad to see that he's getting Getting much success, you know. Unfortunately, he lost this match, but we'll be talking about his the next match that he had, which he did win. But he's in terms of like just getting more uh, bookings and more opportunities to showcase who he is. I think it's you know I'm glad that he's one of the most successful uh, post Bloodsport uh, guys to uh, get uh, gets a lot of work. Uh, and now with Zach returning, we will go on to the next match. Like I said, Jr. Kratos on Bloodsport Four defeated uh, Alex Coughlin by TKO 719. Uh, and then as we briefly mentioned before, but five Rocky Romero defeated Simon Grimm 1024, uh, by submission. So, uh, interesting. We kind of have a new Japan, uh, by proxy, uh, with three of these wrestlers. Um, let's talk about the first match. We saw Jr. Kratos, uh, and Alex Coughlin. What do you think of this match, uh, Zach?
2: Oh, Jr. Kratos versus Alex Coughlin. Oh, man, that was a good match. I thought that uh, Coughlin did put up his best against Jr. I didn't think he was going to win at all because he's still a New Japan Lion. And by pro wrestling standards, New Japan Lions, they do not win unless they beat each other. Mm-hmm. So this is to build him up more so than to actually... Uh, Moves like moves, moves. So, and I heard that Coughlin was also coming off of injury. So, yep,
0: we talked very, we spoke to him and he's apparently he didn't wrestle for almost the entire year of last year because he injured his neck. This was his first match actually back from injury.
2: uh, Yeah, I heard about that and I said, oh, this is gonna be quite a test for him to go against JR Kratos. But also, it's kind of like what I said with uh, Chris Dickinson, that uh, this is a big deal, that the New Japan Lion is getting to face the NWA Tag Team champion. So I'm believing that Dickinson, oh, excuse me, Coughlin, in the eyes of Brett and Josh, can kind of come up kind of like Chris Dickinson, where he would actually get to face the big names and build his status and his rep over time where Chris Dickinson did. So I thought it was an absolute barn burner to go like back and forth, back and forth to the best of his ability and then lose the way he did. So props to Alex on uh, his return. All right, so uh, we had Simon Grimm versus uh, who again?
0: Rocky Romero, sorry.
2: Okay, versus Rocky Romero. Uh, Poor Simon Grimm. I said this on my show, poor Simon Grimm. (laughs) He needs to start getting some wins, legit. I thought Rocky, like several others, was a nun, but I don't know. And that's one thing about GCW that Brett and Josh always pull and makes me want to buy their shows. That I do not know what way that they're going to book at all. Whereas with the Empire, you can almost know from practically what match you watch. Who would win automatically. Like say, for example, Randy Orton was to face Otis. Who would win? in the top of your head, right in the way, you would think Randy Orton. Lo and behold, Orton would get the win. Randomly, would the reverse happen. But in blood sport, you cannot tell who's gonna win. And that's one thing that's always attractive, going back to Riddle and picked up when Josh took it over. So to Brett and Josh, I will keep on saying forever thank you for doing that because i like mystery to my prowess especially when it comes to these big time shows that are coming
0: up yeah i'll definitely say that i did not expect rocky Romero to win i thought sam simon Grimm was gonna get a win uh you know considering you know he lost the day before and also because it's rocky romero um I thought it was you know i i do i will say this rocky romero certainly i think he did uh he did well on the blood sport guys you know he's a former mma fighter uh and all that so i thought he actually did pretty well i'm not the one thing i know i'm not happy he came out in, in like his pro wrestling attire. yeah like the shot <laughs> and all that shit he should come out with something a little bit more mm, less colorful in my personal opinion you know something um that's just my personal opinion uh and uh, you know jr Craig joseph and alex coughlin uh yes yeah, yeah Alex Coughlin i didn't think he was gonna win but it's more about seeing what they can do uh especially you know here's the thing as well we don't really see a lot of young lions outside new japan they kind of wrestle the same matches uh and do the same basic moves but it was it was cool to see alex coughlin outside in a different environment and actually putting on a different type of match uh i love the I, I i wonder if new japan is being a little more open now because you can't do a lot of traveling so you can't do the whole um excursion thing in mexico or england or whatever so if, if they're allowing their their their, new, their young lions to get more bookings um i'm all for that yeah I w- i'd love to see them under different environments uh different uh match rule sets and all that stuff um yeah uh what well, christian what do you think of uh these two matches Wake up, hon. Wake up. Oh, no. Christian fell asleep. Oh, shh.
2: But the show goes on. Anyways, uh, all right. So I'll continue what my thoughts are. Uh, I can kind of see uh, GCW as a home for the Young Lions actually picking up in Bloodsport. So the Josh and uh, Brett, if they are listening to this, very smart book, very, very smart book, having the young lions on. It shows case them a little bit better than than New Japan, in my point of view, because they're always in tag teams together, no matter what show it is. The New Japan kids, they always are in the openers it's nice to see them at a higher level on the show. So to Br- Brett and Josh, thank you.
0: And also I love that how he did the uh, Young Lion run, Alex Coughlin, he did, you know, how the Young Lions, whenever, <laughs> you know, their music hits din, 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 or whatever that, 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 that one note song is of uh, chord. And then he just started and he started running. So I like that little, uh, I like that, uh, little added thing. But yeah, I, I think Alex Coffin. You know, he looked great in the, under the bloodsport. And what about Rocky Mera? Would you bring him back for another bloodsport show, Zach? Oh yes, I would. They kept on uh, mentioning this on commentary throughout the
2: night that Barnett actually trained some of these guys. That's very true, like uh, Rocky, for example. So I'm guessing that uh, he was one of the trainers of Samoa Joe as well because Rocky and Samoa Joe, from what I understood when I started watching Ringo Bonner, and uh, he Joe, Joe was feuding with the Rottweilers, that uh, there was a history with Rocky
0: in the LA Dojo of New Japan. Yeah, the, that so, L- that old LA Dojo has a lot of six degrees of Kevin Bacon with a lot of reps. Like Brian Danielson was there. Paul London was there. Oh my, um, I think was TJP there? TJP might have been there, but there's a whole you can do. Yeah, Samoa Joe, Rocky Romero, a lot of those a lot of those guys were there. It's a, it's a fascinating. Like wow, that guy actually was in the New Japan Dojo. But uh, yeah, so I go ahead. Well,
2: when well, I actually was hearing this, it was reminding me kind of my early Ring of Honor days, where they would actually tell the story of how uh, these wrestlers knew each other outside of wrestling and. How they got to an actual feud So I really Appreciated the commentary Throughout the whole entire show
0: Oh yeah just to let everybody know Max Bretos and Josh Barnett Were doing commentary uh, Very good commentary I think these were the guys With the best Bloodsport duo So far um, That's the one thing I would say that All the previous Bloodsport shows Have not been good with is the commentary Um, They usually get Um What's the guy's name? Um, he does a lot of the GCW shows. I forgot his name. Uh, uh, Kevin Gill. I think it's Kevin Gill. And um, I feel like it's somebody else. But well, they've done some duels, but I thought that Josh Barnett and, uh, and Max Bretos were both great, uh, especially Bretos. He's a, um, a, an ESPN commentator, I believe. So he, he added like a very much an authority voice and it was cool. It had a nice sports atmosphere to the way that they're commentating. MLJ, MLJ, MLJ is uh, the other one that usually commentates. MLJ is okay, yeah. MLJ, MLJ is is okay. Um, but I thought these two worked together fantastically. Um, but let's move on because the next match for Bloodsport Four, I it was a match I was looking forward to the most before uh, the card for Bloodsport Five came out, and uh, the two matches. So, so we got Bloodsport Four. The Super Beast defeating Bad Dude (laughs) Tito, 535. And then Royce Isaacs on Bloodsport 5. uh, Royce Isaacs defeating Alex Coughlin, 538. Um, I want to say off the bat, Super Beast versus Bad Dude Tito was absolutely fucking awesome. What do you think of this match,
2: Zach? Oh, man. When I heard Super Beast was facing Bad Dude Ortiz or Tito, excuse me. Oh, man, I thought that was going to be a huge Hoss match. Super Beast reminded me of a wrestler, and I could not figure out this uh, guy's name when I actually did my own solo review of Bloodsport 4. So I actually saw him on Night 5 exactly a week ago because I was waiting for a friend of mine or something, uh, and I said, you know what? I'm gonna take time to actually research this. And an actual name was hitting me in my head over and over again, Christian Faith, Christian Faith. And I thought uh, it was a different tag team by name, but it was a tag team by uh, Faith and Nothing. And I said, "Oh, okay. And one of their members happened to be Christian Faith. And he looked, almost exactly like Superbeats. And I didn't say uh, who he is presently, but Christian Faith, kids, he's on the GCW roster in a very prominent role. I'm not going to say who he is presently, but let's just make it known that he is very, very high on the roster. And I think we talked about very much. We ain't saying no names out of respect to Brett Lauderdale and Josh Barnett right now. <laughs> but the actual match between him and the uh, Bad Dude, I couldn't have asked for any better. It was just like strike after strike after strike after strike until Super Beast got the win. And then uh, we move on to uh, Coughlin versus Isaacs. Woof, woof. This guy, Coughlin, he's got an attitude to him. Now, he should be shown this in New Japan. I don't know what faction he would go great with if he has to have a faction home, but I say that he's going to be a staple in the blood sport to come. I don't know how long he's going to be there, legit, but he's truly shown that he can handle the work that needs to be done.
0: So I want to ask you this comparison that a friend of mine made with Alex Coughlin. He says that that Alex Coughlin reminds him of Dynamite Kid. Ooh, that's high praise. That is very high praise. Um, I would say
2: that uh, Alex Coughlin to me is kind of like a Davy Richards.
0: Oh, that's, 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 that's oh, even. Yeah. He, almost, he
2: yeah. kind of looked like Davy with a mustache. I said, What? He looked like Davy Richards now. Oh, this is cool. Absolutely cool. And he's kind of bringing that uh, American Wolves style uh, heat. Now, how long will he stay with this gimmick? I don't know. And would New Japan be okay with him and somebody like a, a Carl Fredericks, I think his name is, being a tag team that would be in that American Wolves clothes? Only God knows, and if Brett and Josh, I keep on saying this, if they keep on, if they are listening to this, regardless of if it's truly We Are Rising and BLA, respectively, my hope is that uh, those two would get a home in GCW when all is said and done. And if they get an American Wolf style gimmick, that they would be tag team champions, one day, if we can get those tag team championships back or set up a new version of the tag team champions, that would be cool, but I'm not really banking on it because GCW is more so uh singles based than tag team based in the last uh two to three years. I'll so, say
0: I'll say this uh during the isaacs Koppel match, I thought that Alex Hoffman you know, when he had the, um, the Boston Crab in, you know, we've mm-hmm. seen um, when we've seen you know, these matches, you know, we've seen matches and with, with Boston Crabs or ankle locks or, you know, simple submissions. I actually thought Alex Kaufman might just win this. I really thought, you know, I I know I should have thought better because he's young lion, but I thought, you know, where Coughlin is and where Royce Isaacs is, I thought maybe like, yeah, he's definitely going, he, Coughlin could, was, was going to win. And he lost just like all line, young lions. So.
2: <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was thinking that because he's a new Japan lion still, he's still dressed as one. He was going to lose. And that's kind of a shame, but I understand that's how the New Japan kids roll. And this has happened not just with him, the Jay Whites, the Tanahashis, the Okadas, the anybody who's been a big name, really, in the last 10 to 20 years, went through that system. And they didn't look like they do now for the last five years. They actually had to be built up. Jay White is a great example of that. He came in looking kind of like uh, some of these punk kids today that got the bad bobs that are like long-haired and then like got a part of it that's gone and whatnot. But then he grew into the Switchblade character, eventually. Mm -hmm. And he's the quote-unquote leader of Bullet Club, which still boggles my mind to this day, that he's the switchblade, but the Bullet Club is a bunch of renegades whose gimmick is bullets, and he's more so of a knife guy. But that's pro wrestling, kids. pro wrestling doesn't make sense a whole bunch of times. So I can throw that to the back burner.
0: Uh, so, but uh, Zach, I also want to get your thoughts on uh, since it, this was their debuts, uh, uh, well, Super Beast as well. I'll say this I would love to see Super Beast come back uh, to a Buzzport show. Oh, by the way, as well, Super Beast was wearing the, uh, I think it was a Punisher mask, I think. Yeah. <laughs> That's what made me
2: think about Christian faith. Hence, Hence, Brett. Um
0: uh, Hence, who
2: he is.
0: What do you think about Royce Isaacs and. Uh, bad dude tito and their and these respective matches did you think that they're that they can come back to a busport show
2: oh yes i do i do very much especially a uh, super beast they need another hoss mm-hmm. it's not just about the skinnies we need guys that are actually kind of thick looking as well so super beast I believe my surrogate father would be popping like a little kid in the candy store if he saw Super Beast again. Uh, Royce Isaacs, Bam Bam's a former friend from uh, NWA or uh, Tom La- Latimer, excuse me. He's Bam Bam in Impact Kids if you actually understood the AEW's Eddie Kingston who was actually in uh, Bloodsport one. As a competitor, the legit number one, Matt Reynolds. Please watch, by the way. But, anyways, I progress. Uh, Isaacs, 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 he is very talented, and I would believe that GCW can be a home for him. And his match with uh, Coughlin and whoever he, he faced again, uh. I would not be surprised if he was one of their top guys. Like, if he was in, like, the mid-card or slightly higher
0: eventually. And what about Bad Dude Tito? Ooh,
2: Bad Dude Tito. I thought, oh, my God, this guy is something else. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know who he reminded me of, but I saw him, and I said, he looks like somebody else that I can't just think of and my brain is farting right now i think uh there's somebody that's we're getting ready to talk to or about shortly if you're running down the cards like from top all the way to bottom uh named uh cole mccall or something the the scottishman yeah uh, well, he looked very very familiar like somebody else we'll touch upon that one You know what, in a way He kind of
1: reminded people of the late, great Josephus Hudson, a.k.a. question mark, because you never know how unpredictable he can be.
2: Right.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, Andy. uh, But, yeah, yeah, you know, I definitely would – Definitely want to see Super Beast back. By the way, Super Beast versus Bad Dude Tito is the best example of, of a match you put on a marquee that gets people like, what the fuck is a super beast and a bad dude Tito? That's <laughs> that's, like, that's, yeah. an, that's an old school hey, pro wrestling. Exactly. Those are like old school pro wrestling names that you just don't hear anymore. Like, and that's the type of match that like catches people's eyes just because you wonder what the hell is a Super Beast and who is a what is a Bad Dude Tito. But uh, yeah, you know Super Beast. Was but bad- either
1: way, that match was weird, but interesting.
0: Oh, but I thought it was a great match because I just didn't know what to expect from from Tito and Super Beast. Um, mm-hmm. But what's up uh, we're gonna move on to the second to last match. Uh, Busport Four Calder McCall defeated. Royce Isaacs, eight eleven, and then Carl Chalk defeated Super Beast, three fifty six. 56 uh, Zach, what were your thoughts on Calder McCall versus uh, Defe- Royce Isaacs? Because I'm going to say this right now. This is probably my least favorite match out of the two nights. Well, Calder versus who uh, Su-
2: again? I'm sorry. Royce Isaacs. Royce Isaacs. Royce Isaacs. Okay. That was a match that I didn't really sleep on. I wasn't really crazy about it, but I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Cole, he kind of looks like a wrestler by the name of Tommy Yen. And if we're actually going to be using slave names, kids, by uh, Empire terms, we're talking about one Alistair Black. And I thought if the Empire ever let Tommy Yen go, GCW... Brett Lauderdale and Josh Barnett, I keep on saying this. If you are listening to the voice of Zachary Shiloh, book Tommy End. Book Tommy End. He is a go get it. He can actually attract people. I believe that. He looks exactly like Colton. But uh-huh. the actual match between those two, I could not have asked for better. They did what you're supposed to do to actually raise the profile of a show Mm -hmm. and get you to the points that you want to be at. Now, Royce Isaacs, (laughs) again, I don't know what else to say in regards to him. He's a monster. I see why him and Tom Latimer were the NWA Tag Team Champions for however long they were. And the fact that he's established now as a singles competitor on his own. Wow. Right? And Josh? Great booking.
0: I felt like this is the... There always seems to be one match that seems to be the most Pro wrestling e type of match, and I felt like it was this two, of these two McCall and Isaacs. I'm not saying that they're bad wrestlers. <laughs> Listen, I know I, I remember him from NWA with the you know that great tag team. Had, like you said, he had with Tom Latimer. uh and then uh, Hoist Isaacs. This is, this is my first time seeing him on a stage like this, so I wasn't too familiar with him. Um, I don't know. I felt like they just I, they kind of just had a Andrew. All you needed to know about.
1: Royce Isaacs was the fact that he was a star or is a star for championship wrestling from Hollywood and the United Wrestling Network.
0: And my first time seeing Call the McCall, uh, both, you know, uh, on this type of stage and I don't know, I felt like they, they were like thinking of a match, a pro, how to do a, a kind of like, remember when Evolve used to kind of do all those grapple matches after Tim Thatcher became champion and some guys got it. And some other people did not. And I felt like they were trying to work that type of match. And I just don't, I didn't think it, it, they, they, I didn't think they gelled together. Like I thought the Royce Isaacs and called them, uh Royce Isaacs and Alex Coughlin worked worked great together. I thought they were, they, they meshed well. So maybe it was just the two, in my opinion. I just didn't think that they, that they really worked well together. So I'm not saying it was a bad match. I'm just saying it wasn't the match that I was hoping it would be, I guess you could say. Mm.
1: You basically wouldn't mind seeing more of Royce size switch.
0: Oh, yeah. Of course, of course. You know, listen, and he, you got to see him again on uh, against Alex Coughlin. And I was like, oh, he worked great with him. And um, same thing with Call the McCall. Um got the wrestle in the opening for night two as well. So I definitely feel like the you know, they did some reason. These two, I didn't think worked well together. It's not saying that they're bad wrestlers. Just I didn't think the match gelled in my personal opinion. Um,
1: I see, I see. And uh what about that opening match from night four? The two MMA guys, or one of them, we talked to.
0: Oh, the I A-
1: think versus Taylor Guardado.
0: Ah, uh, yes. Well, actually, before uh, before we go into that, just, uh, I just want to ask you, uh, Zach, call Jack versus Super Beast. Two big boys on night ooh, five. Cal Jack
2: versus Super Beast. Oh, man, that was kind of like the winners of the previous night going at it. I said, oh, oh, this is going to be very, very good. We got the Grizzly Bear versus Christian Faith 2.0. All right, let's get it on. And then they just went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I thought Super Beast was going to win, but the fact that he lost, what? Wow. What a way to debut him, but at the same point in time and then take away some of his thunder. Now, I didn't expect him to possibly win. I had no clue who was going to win, like I keep on saying. Whenever I'm watching Bloodsport, I do not have any expectations on who's going to win. All I know is that certain fighters are going to appear. We're going to get stuff that we don't see on Mondays, Thursdays, or whatever other the days that WWE, Ring of Honor, Impact, or whatever, run. We're getting something unique. And that's what I keep on asking for, and GCW hands it to me on a golden platter every single time. So those two going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, with me having no expectations, I'm a happy camp, it don't take much to piss me off. There's no storylines. There's no championships. There's no pinfalls. There's no ropes. It is just purely the best fighters on the planet. In the eyes of Josh Barnett and Brett Lardendale, bringing them together for our actual viewing.
0: And I'll stick to that forever. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll agree with you. It was a great big man match. I I didn't think that Carl Jack was gonna throw Super Beast into the wall. I uh, would have been very impressive. No, Beast. no, no, that was little Norman, no, uh, little Norman Edwards. Oh no, but I was like, uh, you know, it, it, it would have been funny, you know, like if he had done the same thing to Super Beast, thrown him into a wall. Oh God! If, and then the if wall he just breaks. Did
2: that. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh my God! If he literally threw. Super Beast into the wall like he did Little Nolan. I would have said, excuse me, Josh and uh, Brett. Don't do that. <laughs> I was, I would say, no, 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 no. You pulled that off with my, Little Mikey Whipbrack that you're trying to build up. Don't do that to Super Beast. Please don't do that to Super Beast. He's already legit as is. He don't need that style of rub, No. No, no, that would not have flown with me, and Brett
0: knows me. I would not have condoned it
2: mm-hmm. completely.
0: Uh, so let's, uh, we'll go on to the uh, opening matches of four and five. Uh, Diego Perez uh, beating Gil Guardado for 14 by submission, both making their Bloodsport debuts, and uh, night five, Cal- Calder McCall defeating Bad Tito 745. Uh, Zach, I have to ask. So, Diego Perez, Gil Guardado—not professional wrestlers by trade, MMA fighters. And uh, in case of Gil Guardado, he's the coach, uh, MMA coach, the strength and conditioning coach. I mean, for uh, John Moxley and for the Extreme Couture and uh, Vegas. So, and Diego Perez is a active MMA fighter from uh, California Mixed Martial Arts. Uh, so what do you think of these two, considering that they're not pro wrestlers, they're MMA oh. fighters by trade? And what, how do you think they did? Kids, let me put down my cell
2: phone right now and just do what I usually do. Now I'm picking back up my phone. That I could not have asked for. I love Bloodsport because it's not just the best pro wrestlers in the eyes of Josh Barnett and Brett Lauderdale. We got legit. MMA fighters on these shows, like the Dan Savers the Minoru Suzuki, the uh, Dan—I mean, not uh, Dan—Frank Miz et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We need to build this brand not just around pro wrestling. We need legit MMA fighters because if we don't have the MMA fighters, all it is is just pro wrestling. so the fact that we had a trainer for my uh for mox versus somebody else that's in that realm what i had no clue i had no clue at all on who these guys were i'm learning more about them doing this review than i did the actual show but the show as andy keeps on telling me about these guys It's triggering memories from the actual commentary of the show. And I keep on asking you kids out there who are listening to this, please watch these shows because you'll learn more about these fighters as time goes on. So for me to see them at least kick off the match, I thought that was a big deal, but I did not expect how long it was going to be. I thought it would have been like longer. I'm not saying give me... 10 to 15 minutes long, but it almost felt like it only lasted about maybe two to three minutes if you took away the entrances. And that almost felt like it maybe was the shortest match in uh, blood sport history to me. I don't know what it was or still is the shortest match in history. But for me, it felt like the shortest but you had to actually get through the rest of the card, then I'm not questioning the decision on whoever lost for whatever reason. Hmm. Now, as far as the other matches, is sure, But in a way, it was sweet and to the point. There you go. My point exactly. Okay, so uh, Calder McCall kicking off the other one. Whew. What can I say? What can I say about Tommy and 2.0? He just is a great fighter. He's being built up. Just like anybody else. Regardless of who wins or loses, they're all winners in my point of view. Because they are all building this thing that's only like combined three years now. Or soon to be three. And I can see Bloodsport being more than just a once in a while thing. I was calling for this back in 2018. That it should be something that's held like maybe over two times a year. If the funding is right and the fans are truly into it and I myself have been there twice. Because GCW knows how to book Correctly, in comparison to the Empire or some of these other places that we have mentioned throughout this review. And they always will get my money. And Bloodsport 6, just from uh, Box versus Barnett alone, is well worth the money. So please support GCW's brand overall for Bloodsport and beyond. And I'll leave my
0: thoughts at that. Uh, Christian, so what do you think of uh, Diego Perez and Gil Guardado? You know, like we, uh, we talked to Gil Guardado, it's his first official pro wrestling match, so was Diego Perez's. You, how do you think these two uh, wound up dealing?
1: Well, I think that the whole – I think that
0: that particular
1: match, and we discussed on this before – It was a match between two pro wrestling debutants who just wanted to test the waters. And I don't even know if those two, Gil Guardado and Diego Perez, will even want to do professional wrestling again. But, you know, I think it'll only be a matter of time before we see one of them or perhaps both of
0: them back in a blood sport ring again, you know? I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I thought, I thought these two did great in their debuts. Uh, and that's always the cool thing about Bloodsport is that you can get these. They always, you, you could see like a Frank mirror or, or Dan Severin in this environment. You know, that's the one in Bloodsport. It's not, you don't get to see oh, so too, too many in, in, indie shows. And I think that GCW kind of sometimes falls and does this. Um, I don't know if it's by accident or, or I don't, it's just because of the amount of talent and, the lack of—I should say—the lack of talent in the indie scene. Now you kind of see the same guys over and over again. I'm glad, I'm glad that Bloodsport does not do that. You get to see people who aren't pro wrestlers, pro wrestling, or, or guys that normally you don't get to see uh, around uh, wrestle. So I think that's, that's what I love is that Bloodsport puts puts people that sh- that you don't know that don't haven't been or are, are not uh, ubiquitous over the indie scene in the United States. And then, yeah, they usually do great. They usually do great. Those are people who usually do the best in the sport setting. And with Call to McCall, Bad Dutito, listen, Bad Tito, I think, was one of the breakout people from this whole weekend of, uh, of, of the two weeks, of the two shows. Yeah. Um, I think he's he, super beast. Yeah, I think these two – I hope we see these, these guys again uh, come out and you know do, do, do sport shit. Hey, you know what? And, you know what? Add them to some <laughs> GCW shows. You know, for you know whether they do another fight forever show or you know, I don't know. I feel I feel like Super Beast and Bad Dude Tito. I don't know if we would ever see those guys in like a uh, what, what is their their hardcore thing? Is that the Nick Gate? Is that the invitation Nick Gage Invitational? Is that they're the ones who do that GCW Zach? Yes, yeah, they do that every uh, Novemberish. Okay, I feel like Super Beast and Bad Dude Tito for some reason would be like ample. People to be in those. I don't know if they want to do those types. <laughs> I feel like those are types in, in that type of environment.
1: Oh uh, exactly man, could, But the I point of the matter is, that. you know, it's like we see these dudes one minute wrestling in blood sport, the next they're off doing like MMA or professional wrestling with, you know, the big fed in Stanford. But still, point of the matter is, you know. Who's to say that the next Bloodsport show, obviously this next, not this next show, but next year, when we get Bloodsport back in front of actual crowds, fingers crossed, you know, we can see an influx of MMA guys
0: wanting to actually try this up. wanting to actually try this out
1: for size.
0: Oh, probably. But yeah, I'll say this, you know, even if Bloodsport can't get a crowd, I still think that Bloodsport is the best type of wrestling that you can do in front of no crowd. It, it just works for the type of style that it is.
2: Uh-huh. I agreed wholeheartedly. When they actually announced that there was no crowd participation at all, I didn't really complain. I said, all right, I'm still invested. Let's see what you got. And then they out that set i said
0: Ooh.
2: it wasn't a
1: set it was pretty much an environment
2: mm-hmm. that's things well set is, that- is another word for venue yeah. anyways i progress <clears throat> uh, the the yeah, overall still, point of the matter is
1: you know they actually i mean i think that the whole environment they worked with for these two blood sports shows that can actually work for future shows as well, just in case, you know, they get brained out or they get canceled. You know, just have it all in one big dungeon and make it have that fight club type of deal.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't really see it like that before. That's great analogy right there. Uh, the actual Hart family do-
0: uh, dungeon. Um, <laughs> But uh, Zach, Zach, I know you had some things on your mind you wanted to talk about. So I'm going to give you the floor right now. And okay.
2: Well, kids, I am shocked because I actually found some news.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: The actual Fed, as Christian would say, or the Empire, as I would call them. They I just announced- called them
1: Big Fed in Stanford, but I think I know where you're going this please continue
2: yes you do yes you do because we are of african-american persuasion our jay Christian, gary and myself and mm-hmm. the empire has been known to urinate on non-caucasians for decades so <laughs> yep. so on my end or our end it's exciting to say these words and i think the empire did listen- i think they did but they must have listened to Christian and several other people too. We are getting Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. Hmm. Getting that and match. you know
1: what? That match is pretty cool because, no, that match is not only cool, it's groundbreaking because you yes, got two African-American females, two women of color competing on the so-called grandest stage of the mall.
2: <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. And kids, we non-Caucasians don't get the rub quite so much. And no disrespect to Andy. No disrespect to Caucasians overall. But mm-hmm. WWE, they have painted their main event scene mainly as Caucasians only, especially when it comes to world title pictures. Now, main events. Yes, main events, especially. And I've advocated for this since January 31st that Bianca Belair should face Sasha Banks for everything that they have done to the non Caucasians. Especially the African Americans. Now it's in WWE's court that they, they mm-hmm. that they make this match a main event, not only a main event of one night, but now they should make it the main event, the main event of WrestleMania, the final match, the final match. For everything that they've done to the non-communications. For decades. You want to actually talk about inclusion. You want to talk about equality. You want to talk about how you're not racist. How you're not favoritist. How you're not not sexist? Give us Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. Night two. Main event. We're not. Hmm. We're not. Begging for it. We're demanding it. And I'm throwing up the hashtag. Banks, Belair, night two, main event. And I'm asking every pro wrestling fan now do the same. Because You know what? I got to
1: agree with you, Zach. But please continue. Because I got a lot to say about it, too.
2: I'm getting ready to wrap my thoughts up now. Okay. Okay. Banks, Bailey, SmackDown Women's Championship, Night Two, main event of WrestleMania. You keep on running your mouths about how you're not favoritist, how you're not racist, how you're not sexist. We've already had universal world title matches that main event of this thing. WWE championships and world champions. It's time for the win. And
1: the Raw Women's title. And, and the Raw No, wait, actually. And you had a Women's Championship main event two years ago.
2: Uh, you love to chime in sometimes, you goofball, but I love you just the same. But anyways, let's move on to my final thoughts. All right. Go WWE, ahead. we yes. are not begging for this. We are telling you, make the match the main event of WrestleMania. Because bottom line is you're gonna stop disrespecting the non-Caucasians. You fucked over the Japanese in 2018. You're not Mm -hmm. gonna do it again to the blacks. That's the bottom line.
1: Exactly. And in a way, and now here's where I chime. Go ahead. You know, I'm just happy. That the WWE actually has some melanin representation, especially when it comes down to what we've dealt with over the last three years. We wanted, no, wait, actually, what we dealt with over the last couple of years, especially with Kofi Mania running so short, you know, thanks to Brock Lesnar and the deal on Fox, and they didn't see him as a champion and blah, 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 blah. Now here we are. Two years later, let's give Bianca Mania a run for her money. Let's give Sasha, let's make Sasha the boss, really and figuratively. But still, you know those smarks who gonna sling their shit like monkeys on a vine. You know those smarks are gonna basically complain and say, Oh, where are these two the main What happened to Edge versus? What happened Roman. to Edge versus Roman Reigns? What happened to. Uh, I mean, they're basically going to complain regardless because, again, we can never have nice things. But still, I'm all for Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks being the main event of WrestleMania. I am, believe me on that. But still. I just hope that when it comes down to that Bianca Belair-Sasha Banks match, whether it's the main event of night one or the full main event of night two, I just hope it leaves people talking. Because, you know, there was obviously an opportunity for Kofi Kingston two years ago to make his WrestleMania dreams come true, albeit at the expense of one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Brian Danielson a.k.a. Daniel Bryan, why can't we just let this thing, you know, Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair, why can't we just let this be a talking point for, you know, professional wrestling for the black and brown community, like Like how it was for Kofi Kingston in 2019, let's let this match be You know, the sequel to what Kofi Mania would have been had he kept that title, that WWE title around his waist. Let's make this the starting point for black professional wrestling fans and people of color professional wrestling fans to actually see what black girl magic is all about. Let's make this feel just as important as... I'm throwing a tennis term around as Naomi Osaka versus Serena Williams was late (laughs) last year or actually two years ago. Let's make this match important. How about you just have a stipulation where it's basically an Iron Woman match?
2: Woo! Ooh! Oh, God. That would be something to behold. Like one whole hour or half hour. For those two to go at it. That would be definitely worth the main event. Definitely.
1: Yeah, it would definitely be worth the main event. It'd be worth, you know, watching it. And in the case of being there in Tampa, it'd be worth the price of admission alone. But I'm just saying, it's unfortunate that the Smarts would probably, you know, spew shit one in and just Yap about another saying that these women don't deserve a chance when Bianca's been there for like what, three, four years now? Sasha Banks been there for about six.
0: I mean,
1: it's about time these women shine on the grandest stage of them all. And I really hope that whoever walks out victorious, I really hope they treat, I mean, I really hope they. Will end up being the leading ladies of a new black wrestling revolution.
0: So I'll I'll say this simply. Mm -hmm. I mean,
1: let me finish. Oh, sorry, sorry. sorry, I'm saying saying that I hope they become leading ladies of a new black wrestling revolution because in a way Zach, you can vouch for this too. I'm tired of seeing my fellow people not get pushed on television like Basically, I'm tired of seeing my people get pushed as, you know, wanna be rappers and wanna be gangsters. <laughs> I mean, not trying to disrespect Ron the Truth killings, not trying to disrespect the Street Profits, not trying to disrespect my favorite wrestler of all time, Booker T. But I think it's time we get some serious Black men wrestling and making their way for a new black generation of professional wrestlers. And you can even throw Bobby Lashley in the mix too. He's been waiting long enough as well. But it's about time that regardless of what happens at WrestleMania on April 7th and 8th, no, regardless of what happens at WrestleMania on April 10th and 11th, actually, because Easter is the weekend before, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but still, Regardless of what happened to Wrestlemania, I really hope that the results will lead to a new black revolution of professional wrestling. Because I think we're just about tired of getting
2: the same old shit. I agree. But I would not put this past the Empire. If the Empire truly is making that match happen. I would not be surprised if it's low to card. I would not be surprised. They would, they have been known, and I think some friends of mine said this best. They can take a sandwich and mm-hmm. fuck it up very easy. So I, <laughs> you so think? I would, so, I would not put them past it, but I'm going to keep on making my voice known on social media, and if anybody does have me on future podcasts, until me. Banks, Belair, night to main event. I will keep on hashtagging that. I will keep on saying that on my own show until I All right, Andy, though the floor is yours. Thank you.
0: Oh, so simple. Uh WWE sucks. It's the worst promotion right now. I don't care what they do because nothing matters in their universe. So unfortunately <laughs> you know that's what it comes out. It's it's really like it's terrible. Like and maybe even better. I'll say this, you know, Bianca Belair and uh, doesn't you know if she were to go somewhere else, she would be used a lot more better in my personal opinion. So that's- oh, and before we truly wrap this up, there's something that
2: I think I really want. I want Belair more so than Banksu, because like I said, they screwed over the Japanese. Mm-hmm. The Japanese won the Royal Rumble three years ago. Yep, they won it, and. I've touched upon this in my own Royal Rumble review, that the Japanese were supposed to get a tour three years ago. Mm -hmm. And I pitched this idea that Nakamura and Asuka not only should have won the Rumble, but going into that tour should have been champions. And that would have attracted the Japanese to whatever venue that WWE was running in. WWE... Renamed on. And that's why I'm doing my rant now. All right, uh, Christian, if you were going to chime in with something, go ahead. Exactly. But, you know, I mean, here's
1: my con about this. I'm saying WWE should, you know, ignite a black revolution. I wouldn't put my hopes up on it either because... Obviously, like you said, they have done some, like you said, Zach, they've really done some really awful-ass things to people of color over the years, especially giving them awful-ass
2: gimmicks. It's not even just people of color. They've done it to the blacks. They've done it to the Japanese. They've done it to the Latinos. They've done it to basically any form of non-Caucasian for many, many years. I've uh, before we after I'm done with this then we can wrap it up. I'm sorry Andy. But go ahead. Then, this is research that I've done. Before I met these two, I was actually writing blogs on Facebook. And one of my biggest hits was about how WWE is racist. In their near 60 year, no, not 60 yeah, near 60-year history of the WWE Championship. Only about seven men of non-Caucasian descent held their World Championship. They omitted one who won the championship. But they continued by back in And when I read that, especially going into this uh revolutionary win of Bianca Belair, I was even more disgusted. They omitted WWE Hall of Famer and New Japan founder Antonio Onofi. He, by rights, is a WWE or triple WWF champion. And that disgusted. That's why I don't praise WWE. Thank you, Christian. Exactly. Exactly. Spit on them. And you kids out there should be doing the same. But I'm not telling people completely what to do. If they are faithful to WWE, they are faithful to the team. And I respect that. And I'm not shitting on the Caucasian Because people like Andy have supported the likes of myself and Christian for years. Mm -hmm. And some of my biggest influences especially a woman from Mississippi is Caucasian. And I wanna be like, I aspire to be. But WWE, one more time, you will give us Banks and bel night two, to make up or start making up for what you've done to the non-Caucasians. And from that point forward, you will respect us all as a general race. That's it.
1: Amen, brother, amen. And with that, with that being <laughs> said, we are officially out this mug. And I hate to interrupt you, Andrew, even though it's kind of my thing, but hey, you know, it's our thing, really. This whole show was pretty much a joint production So Shiloh, Zach Shiloh, since you're the single man, and since you're the single man in this operation, why don't you close things out first?
2: All right. So kids, you know my rap by now. If you are truly listening to BLA, there's one goal, one aim, one road, one focus. Even if that's me going on a rant, it's out of love. I love pro wrestling. Just like I love these two guys. All I want is there to be true equality in a sport that was really a uh, dramatized production. (laughs) uh, I would (laughs) say time to get. But overall, we are all human beings. And that's what I want going forward. It's not just about the Caucasians. It's about the Blacks. It's about the Latinos. It's about the whatever E's. WWE, you are the number one promotion in this industry. Give Mm -hmm. GCW, New Japan, every other promotion that's been born after you respect. By way of true equality. I am Zachary Shiloh. I am Black Lion 130. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under those two names. I am a best selling author, by the way, of a book called They Are Magic. It is available on Amazon for 99 cents if you, bought the, if you buy the Kindle version, all proceeds go to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. By you buying that, you're helping kids battle life-threatening illnesses. So I'm asking you, please buy our book. Not only that, but support us all in the podcasting industry, no matter what race we are. Please, we're asking for your help to make a world a better place. With that said, I turn it over to the We Are Rising podcast.
1: And Andrew Benjamin, you go ahead and finish off on your end.
0: Sure. Uh, if you want to follow we uh, the We Are Rising podcast on social media, uh, we are at We Are Rising Pod. Uh, we're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Podcast Bean, Podbeans, Beans, uh, and YouTube uh, and Stitcher. I think I mentioned that as well. As well, if you want to follow my personal accounts at a one, if you want to follow uh, Christian's personal accounts at chris gary ninety two, and hopefully, and if you want to follow uh, Focus Fights, they're available on Facebook, and hopefully, we'll be back on Twitter soon, rather uh, sooner rather than later. And if uh, yeah, Bloodsport, if you want to check out the shows, they're on Bloodsport uh dot watch or i believe that was a website that they uh buzzport.watch and they're also on fight as well both available on fight.tv and mm-hmm. yeah thank you again for tuning in to this Sport review and we'll be definitely having a lot more exciting stuff and i'm and zach will be having a lot more exciting stuff on his end for a uh, black line uh, uh airspace and uh on, and uh yeah uh once again zach thank you so much for talking to us uh, and we hope to do this again sooner rather than later. Um, one more thing. Oh, I okay. mean, as
1: you did mention, I am the Chill Meister, Chris Gary, or Jerry Christian Gary, if you want to get more personal with me. Obviously, you can follow me on Twitter at Gary 92 like you said, Andrew. And like you said, you can, well, about the focus fights thing, the Twitter. It's still a horror show, just to even get that up. We do have a website about ready to get back on track. When I get more info about it, I will let you know about it. But other than that, you know, I would get off my lazy ass and play a soundbite, either of Lenny Harder or of Josh Barnett. But I think it's best we all realize that when it comes down to these blood sports shows, Pro wrestling, Pro wrestling is strong, isn't it? Because we wouldn't have it any other way. With that yes, yes. being said, thanks for joining us in the mind and sound of this fight sport business we call Blood Sport. And we hope y'all enjoy the rest of y'all selves and whatever type of day y'all have. Peace, my peoples in one love world. We are done.